0: Welcome to Let's Parent On Purpose. I'm Jay Holland, and this is the podcast that tries to build better parents who can build better kids. If you like what we talk about and can't remember it all, I want to encourage you, you can find it on blog form at letsparentonpurpose.com. All right, let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, friends, thanks so much for joining us today. If you missed last week's podcast, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to it right now because um, it's a great introductory podcast to what we're talking about today. Last week on Behavior Should Make You Curious with my friend Bradley McAllister. Bradley's back with us today. Bradley, how you doing?
1: Pretty good. How are
0: you? I'm great. Um, just really quickly for people, if they want to n- know, if actually Bradley is uh, a He's a Christian. He's a follower of Jesus. He has his master's in uh, counseling. Uh, Bradley, real quickly, what's your give me some credentials here because I can't remember them from last podcast.
1: Yeah, um, I've got a, a master's in Christian counseling from uh, Philadelphia Biblical University. Um, I've spent the last five years as a post option counselor with Bethany Christian Services. Um, if uh um some listeners are familiar with Karen Purvis and the book um Connected the Connected Child. Um I was one of the last um groups that went through her training before she passed away. Um so I'm certified in um the model it's called trust based relational intervention. Um yeah, I think those are the oh I'm also licensed as a professional counselor, I guess that's maybe the biggest credential.
0: Well, I, actually, I would say your biggest credential is now your street cred. Um, Bradley, uh, how, how, how old are you? I'm 29 years old. 29. Actually, if if you met his wife and you realized uh, what kind of girl he landed, that would be plenty enough for you to listen to him. But then he and yep. his 29-year-old wife just adopted a 13-year-old special needs young man from Ethiopia. Um, So you decided to uh, jump into the parenting game in not just the deep end, but the ocean, it seems like. So uh, it's just been a few months, um, and Bradley has had the joy of getting to um, uh, apply all of these things that he's been training and teaching others uh, in their own family. And I will say that in our case, as we have fostered and adopted, uh, I've come to really rely on calling up Bradley and picking his brain and... Uh, getting counseling. We've known each other for a number of years. So um, Bradley, one more thing, is has generously gotten involved. We are trying to build our email subscriber list for Let's Parent On Purpose, and um, we are going to be giving away um, this beautiful cutting board that Bradley has made. He has a company called Redirected Wood Company. You can check it out at redirectedwoodco.com. And in the next couple of weeks, uh, for all those who go to letsparentonpurpose.com and join our email subscription list, I'm going to give you a, a free gift guide for just different people in the family, meaningful things that you might consider getting them for Christmas, and register to win this beautiful uh, handmade, custom-made cutting board um, that Bradley and his company have made. So you can go to letsparentonpurpose.com, check that out, decide if you want to be in the drawing for it, and also let other people know about it. All right, Bradley... The prelims are out of the way, and, and I want to jump into today's discussion topic. We talked about um, behavior should make you curious on our last podcast, and um, one of the big questions that I get from parents all the time is matching behavior and consequences, um, and, and some some just uh, really struggle with that. I think we all do to, to some sense or another, but... Um, just first off, maybe give me your thoughts on like why is it important to match behavior to consequences?
1: Yeah. Um well one, if if the child feels like the consequences over the top, they're gonna let you know about it and you're gonna have a bigger behavioral issue on your hands. Um and I think a lot of times so if um if you're parenting a, a child from a hard place or with a traumatic background, um, what you know, some different research has found is that consequences aren't actually effective at changing the behavior. Um, So they might um, help that behavior to occur like fewer or, you know, further between, or maybe the child will become sneakier at not getting caught with that particular behavior. But the consequences don't in and of themselves teach the new behavior. Um, So I think that's an important piece to keep in mind.
0: Can you give maybe a specific example of what you're talking about in in that realm?
1: Right. So um, if a child doesn't know how to do math, we teach them. If a child doesn't know how to read, we teach them. If a child doesn't know how to behave, we punish them and expect them to figure it out and to do better kind of on their own. Um, But, you know, if we have the perspective that if the child doesn't know how to behave, then they need to be taught how to behave. Um, so an example of, of that would be like, if you're seeing a behavior that's not okay, you, you know, kind of pull the child aside, be down on their level, try to get eye contact, that kind of thing. Be like, Hey, this behavior is not okay. You know, in this situation you should do this. Let's practice. Um, if it's like a big emotional upheaval, um, you try to restore calm and then you go back later. Um, <laughs> I'll say like an example that we had early on um, in the first few weeks of being home, um, things happened and it ended up, we had this sensory bin of beans and the beans were no longer in the bin. They were actually scattered throughout every room of the house. Um, So four hours later, whenever calm was restored, we are like, all right, you know, we're good, but now we've got to go back and make this right. That's not how we handle being upset. So we need to go back and make it right. Um, and this wasn't the first time we had we had said this. And so Marshall um, was like, "I know, I know." And he just went and started cleaning and, and kind of picking things back up. Um, so I'm not sure if I went too far off on a tangent there, off topic, but um, does that kind of kind of communicate the example.
0: Yeah, I do think it just made me think. I think it's interesting because you adopted a 13 year old young man who is learning a different language. he's away from everything that he's ever known. Um, right. His whole world has been upheaved. And so you're getting you're getting the range of pubescent teenage boy behavior to mm-hmm. to infant temper tantrums all in this young right. man's body. So that's that's uh, again, when I say like he kind of did that jump in the ocean, um, you're having to kind of figure out which of these techniques to apply at all times, I would imagine. Right. Okay. So, behavior and consequences. Are, are there? Can you give me just maybe some common ones that that people come to you with? Like, um, this is the behavior we're seeing, and maybe like this is a typical consequence, and what you would suggest instead. Uh, let's let's maybe I can throw some out. Um, stealing because actually that's one of the ones that we're, we're dealing with right now, uh, stealing and maybe just stealing a child, stealing and a a teenager, two different things. But, um, what would you say?
1: Right. So stealing is a huge breach of trust, right? Um, and so what I think is, what I think kind of matches that behavior is kind of a loss of privilege that has to be with trust. So, Um, if it's a a child that's able to go and hang out at friends' houses, it's like, you know what, Um, I kind of need you in my line of sight because you're stealing, you're making bad choices. Um, I'm not doing my job as a parent if I'm putting you in position to make these bad choices. So for now, uh, we're not going to hang out at friends' houses. Um, Or, you know, you can only watch TV if I've approved the show or during these hours whenever I can keep eyes on. You know what you're watching or um you know using the computer or playing video games or that kind of thing so um i think if you get down to all right so what's the maybe the core um of this of this behavior so like i said with stealing i think that's a big trust a breaking of trust thing so then if you match the consequence um to also be in that kind of same genre of of trust
0: okay Um, and and hey i'll interject because uh I know sometimes when people are listening to this, they can be like, well, my kid's the exception. And, and I could say that I, I've got a kid. That's the exception from that. Uh, it, in the sense of like, there's a lot of, a lot going on and some of it just feels like stimulus response. Um, mm-hmm. but we're, t- we're talking in general, we're, we're going to, at least for this conversation, assume a lot of it is baseline parenting with, within the range of normal kid psyche behavior background. Although, Bradley, you specialize in kids that have come from um, really traumatic backgrounds. So it's not like the principles are completely different um, mm-hmm. with a traumatic kid. Um, Sibling. Right. Go ahead.
1: I can actually touch on the impulse thing, too. So if, if the stealing is more just an impulsive thing than it is a trust thing, there's actually um, a, a, a kid that I'm counseling now where stealing has been a huge issue at school and home. Um, And it's that impulsive thing. It's not that he wants it. It's not that he's a bad kid It's not that he's trying to hurt anybody. It's just he sees it. He wants it. He takes it Um, and then he feels really bad about it Um, and so There what we've done is worked on well. what's driving the stealing behavior Well, there's usually something that's made him anxious. All right, so let's teach some healthy strategies for being anxious and then let's also reward the behavior that we want to see. So if you can go a whole week without stealing, there's like a little dollar prize bin um, that you can pick something out of. Okay. Um, and it's taken, you know, oh gosh, eight to ten months. But we've we've seen a lot of progress um, there in that sense. Um, I'm,
0: I'm actually glad that you said that, that it's taken that long. I think that's really important for people mm-hmm. to, to grasp that, just because there's a strategy doesn't mean that you do it once or you do it twice and you see instantaneous change. And, and I think maybe what would be good for uh, parents to remember is think of your most besetting sins. Um, like, you know, you, you think about there's, there's certain things that just are chronic in your life and you know that the reward you get for those sins is not worth the payment and if it was all just logical, you should be able to flip that switch in your mind and be done with it. But, you know, as human beings, as fallen human beings, even those of us who have the power of the spirit in us, it's it's a uh, long-term habit building. It's learning to rely on the spirit. Um, and so even in training of our kids, uh, sometimes you get super lucky and that one-time trick changes everything. But a lot of times it just it takes a while to build into behavior so it takes a while to build a different behavior um to replace it
1: yeah and like and like we said last week you know behavior always has a function so what what is the stealing accomplishing for that child um uh, like in this case it you know it it, it's that's what calmed the anxiety for whatever reason that was his coping strategy for um, whenever he was feeling anxious or nervous or, you know, upset at school. So, you know, once we understood that, then we can go about teaching positive coping strategies for um, anxiety and, and, and the different
0: things like that. Okay. Um, let me let me think of some that should be super common to people. Uh, disrespect of parents.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Um, And by the way, Bradley has no idea what I'm going to say next. So if he pauses, it is (laughs) totally legit on here. So, and I love that because as a parent, I don't know exactly what to do or say the moment something happens
1: to you. Right. So I think with that, you've got to know, know your child. I mean, with like in our case, we're still building trust. Um, And so, you know, parenting a child who doesn't trust you is very different than parenting a child that you've had their whole life. To build trust, with. right? Um, so there's times where I'll just I'll just let the the disrespect kind of wash over me because that's not the biggest issue that we're dealing with. Um, you know, other times we'll be like, you know, you need to try that again. It's not okay to talk to me like that. It's not okay to talk to um, you know Brittany like that. Um, so you can try again, or you can sit there until you're ready to try it again. Um, and sometimes we'll will sit there and. it it won't get resolved right then and then other times they'll say okay I'm sorry you know please can I have um, this or whatever so um, again like it's about (laughs) getting curious like whoa where did this come from like why all of a sudden are you being disrespectful what did I do to deserve this Um, you know why are you talking to me like that help me understand Um, it's not like you to talk to me like that Um, you're too one thing that's really been powerful is I think a lot of times like these negative behaviors come from a place of low self-worth like I don't feel valuable so what's the point so just reminding our kids like look but you are too precious to act this way like you're made in the image of God God has big plans for your life and and you're just too valuable to to act this way or to talk to me like that Um, and really encouraging our kids to live like they're loved Um, that's kind of been one of our mantras is live loved yeah. Um you know, over these
0: past few months. So I, you know, when you're talking, Bradley, there's a couple thoughts that come to my mind. With younger kids in a normal home, um, I think disrespect often happens because genuinely they don't know any better. Like I can think of scenarios in the past week where uh, I've got I've got a child that's really getting into habit, especially of back talking his mom, and and he doesn't look at it as disrespectful you know he's he's intelligent he thinks three things he's told to do something and he wants to come back with 15 answers to it but it feels very disrespectful as a parent because you, like mm-hmm. you, you're asking a, a a specific request you're desiring it and what you're not wanting is, is to play this game so um i i think some of it in younger kids is just simply because they don't get it or um there's not been some kind of consequence that uh, that reinforces that, that we're going to be respectful to one another. So, for instance, um, you know, some of them might just be, hey, like, you're not talking to me respectfully. So we're going to, uh, you know, I'm going to have you go stand over here for 10 minutes. And then in 10 minutes, we're going to try to do over again. We're going to have this conversation again. And I want you to understand that when, when mommy or daddy ask you to do something and you keep coming back and you keep back talking then that's not respectful to mommy or daddy so you know like a a, a loss of time a loss of whatever it is they're wanting to do right away and then a do over to try that conversation again um what do you think of that Brian? yeah
1: yeah that's exactly um i think um like i said you're assuming that if they're acting this way then they must not how, know the proper way to behave right and so then you're going to teach them and then once you've taught them, and it's like, hey, no, you know what? Now I know you know better than this. I've seen you do better than this. We've talked about it. You've displayed an understanding of of the proper way to act. Um, and so now we've got a bigger issue here that we've got to kind of unpack and deal with. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think, honestly, in teenagers, um, you know, my primary child experience has been my own children. My primary teenager experience has been hordes and hordes of teenagers from bradley 20 years ago to my own today Um, it seems to me that kids who are disrespectful in the home to mom and dad typically are in a home where there's just kind of a culture of disrespect that happens all over the place um, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think it's one of those we like to buy into the cultural myth that, that kids are just naturally smart, and disrespectful. But uh, for instance, I don't have a lot of kids who are disrespectful to me uh, as teenagers. And then I'll see, I'll turn and see it happen in their home. But a lot of times there's, there's kind of a lack of respect given to that person in the home or mm-hmm. a lack of respect shown between mom and dad in the home.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. One um, one thing I've been very intentional of is, like, um, you know, what he understands as men's work and women's work and that kind of thing. Like, he asked one time, why are you doing the dishes? And I was like, well, I saw the dishes. They needed to be done. I know that Brittany usually does this, but she's busy. I love her, and this is a way that I can show her that I love her. Um, and, you know, just kept it kind of simple like that. But those are those are teaching moments, and yeah. those are, like – there are many, many teaching moments outside of the realm of bad behavior um, and I think like you've got to kind of put the work in when things are going well um, to have the dividends paid whenever um, things are a little bit more challenging yeah yeah
0: um, one other that I think would be just like I, it is so common is uh, siblings not getting along. Um, I, I can think of actually 15 different ones this this could be like, a monthly podcast theme, Behavior and Consequences. But Sibling's not getting along. Maybe we'll kind of end with that one today. Any thoughts?
1: Yeah. Um, I think you could kind of recap a lot of what we've already talked about. You know, the whole value piece of it. Like, you guys are valuable. Um, You're too valuable to treat another person like this, period. Um, uh, But you're, you know, you're too precious to treat um, a family like this, a family member like this. Um, I think that uh, you can maybe try to spend some one-on-one time with the, the instigator or the most common instigator and be like, what is up? Like, help me understand this. Is there is there jealousy? Is there some kind of feud? Do you feel wronged or neglected or like this person steals the attention? Like, um you've got to you've you've got to try to get an understanding of what's driving the behavior and what is this accomplishing for you like does it make you feel good to to treat your brother your sister this way um it doesn't seem like it because you just really you don't seem happy before and you definitely don't seem happy after yeah um and not that you know life is about being happy but generally yeah like i want as your parent i want you to be happy um and you're not, so, you know, let's let's figure out, like, what's going on. Um, and even asking them, like, having them think through what, what does this accomplish for you? Like, it doesn't seem like this works out very well for you, you know, because then you're both in trouble and you're not getting, you know, anything out of it. So what are you trying to achieve and what's a better way that we can help go about it? Um, you know, there's been times with other behaviors like that where, um, I've reminded our son like, hey, we've gone down this road before and it hasn't ended where you want to go. It has not gotten you what you want. You know this isn't how to get what you want, and you know the ways to, to get the things that you want. So, you know, you're only hurting yourself. You're not hurting me. Yeah. Um
0: Yeah, I you know, I think the the challenge of a of a parent with multiple kids is like it's just so draining. It's so draining all the time um you know one of the one of the ones for instance just getting you know arguing and everything in the car is so frustrating it's kind of like they know that you're a little bit out of they're out of reach and you're you're kind of trapped as far as what kind of consequence you can apply right away and and just on that that thought I would say if if your kids don't get along in the car um And so you you begin to dread being in the car with them because you know that it's going to take so much emotional energy. Um, What I would just say is, since you already know that it's going to require energy and effort, if you would go ahead and instead of living in anticipation of what they're going to do bad, um, put some pre-thought into how can you make this car ride worthwhile. Like, obviously, you're not going to be able to mentally check out as you go along in the ride. So... Um, what kind of conversation you, can you bring up? What kind of game can you start in the car? Um, what, what can you do with that time that's going to stimulate and engage them? Um, because a lot of the bickering is boredom, is, is what I find with mine. Like, it's bad attention is still attention. So if you can start giving them attention on the front end, uh, it's still going to take energy and effort, but at least you'll be happy when you arrive at your destination instead of right. wanting to kill everybody.
1: Right. And even
0: audiobooks might be a good way. Yeah. Um, That's a good idea to, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much. I think Bradley, the biggest thing that, that I think would be instead of even specific scenarios, the biggest takeaway from this is something you said at the beginning, which is, uh, if we want a kid to get better at math, we teach them math. You know, if we want to get a kid better at reading, we teach them reading. And so if we want a kid to be better with their behavior, um, there we need to teach them behavior not just punish them out of bad behavior um you know it's so funny because that's literally how dog training goes um like you don't punish a dog into obedience you train the dog into the obedience that you want them to have and you reward them well humans are way more valuable than dogs and so we just need to be kind of intentional in those efforts yeah. So, Bradley, thank you so much uh, again. I want to encourage you to go to Bradley's uh, website. Bradley is a is a Christian counselor who works with adoptive and foster kids as well as raising one of his own. But he has a business where he makes beautiful furniture, crafts, wall art, all kinds of things out of reclaimed wood. It's at redirectedwoodco dot. Help me out, Bradley that's it redirectedwoodco.com okay redirectedwoodco.com you can also find them on on facebook and on instagram and you can go to let's register for our uh our email subscription and get a chance to win a free cutting board beautifully done cutting board that bradley's made thanks so much bradley we want to do one more conversation with you real soon on your experiences in fostering and adopting and how that's changed even the way that you counsel people so guys thanks so much Hey, I hope that got your noodles stirring a little bit today, and I'm sure it sparked more questions than answers, and uh, that's a good thing sometimes. Uh, This is Let's Parent On Purpose. I want to encourage you, go to letsparentonpurpose.com, sign up for our email subscription, get a free gift guide for this, this Christmas season, as well as register to win a beautiful cutting board made by Bradley's company, Redirected Wood Co. You can also check out their stuff at redirectedwoodco.com, and I encourage you to buy from them. They're using that money to raise a special little kid. This is the Ministry of Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. Find us at covenantfellowship.com. And, hey, I just want to remind you guys, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Don't give up when the going gets tough. We'll talk to you soon.